1: Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position by position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft.
2: Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. think gonna beat
1: Bengals? It is the Locked On Bengals podcast with your hosts Joe Goodberry and Jake Glisco. Find us on Twitter at Joe Goodberry and at Jake underscore NFL. Please like, subscribe, and share as we try to grow this community and pump out daily Bengals content just for you.
0: What up, Bengals fans, and welcome to another episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. The Cincinnati Bengals travel to Seattle to play the Seattle Seahawks in their week one opener in less than a week. That's exciting news. In case you're new to the podcast, just a quick overview. We are a daily Bengals podcast featuring myself, Jake Lisko, and my co-host, Joe Goodberry, who also writes for The Athletic. This week, you can look forward to a Seahawks-Bengals crossover episode on Wednesday, with the Locked On Seahawks podcast group, and that'll be a collaborative game preview. And before we get into it, the opening week of the NFL is brought to you by Mac Weldon. Mac Weldon is a premium men's essentials brand that believes in smart design and premium fabrics. Mac Weldon is better than whatever you're wearing right now. Promo code LOCKED ON gets you 20% off at MacWeldon.com. Today, our lead story is It's Week One. Let's start to take a look at the matchup with the Seahawks this weekend. In segment two, we'll have an interview with third quarterback and roster longshot who ended up making the team, Jake Dolagala. And in segment three, we'll get back into analysis as we prep for week one. Now your Locked On Bengals lead story, I'm Jake Lisco with my co-host, Joe Gaberry. The Cincinnati Bengals travel to Seattle in less than six days to take on the Seahawks in their season opener And they are the biggest underdogs in the NFL, with sponsors my bookie having the Cincinnati Bengals as 9.5-point dogs and DraftKings at 9-point underdogs. That is surprising
1: to me that they have the worst odds, or at least the biggest spread, of every team in the league, every matchup. Because there's a few that I would think the Colts or the Dolphins, and Colts are playing the Chargers, and being only 6-point underdogs. I think that's a, a a close game there. But for the Bengals, nine and a half, nine points, you have to consider it because uh, that's a touchdown and a field goal, and I don't think the game is going to be that far apart. Seattle's a good team, and they crush teams at home, and the, And that CenturyLink field is going to be rocking, I'm sure, as the 12th man for Seattle is, is going nuts, and they induce some false starts, and it's going to be a tough atmosphere for the Bengals. Having said that, I think the national view is still that the Bengals are one of the three worst teams in the league, And if that's the case, then maybe nine points makes sense.
0: If you're looking at the spreads across the league, this puts them in the same neighborhood as Washington, who's an eight and a half point dog on my bookie to Philadelphia. And like you said, Indianapolis and New York, who are seven point dogs respectively against Los Angeles and Dallas on the road. If Miami was on the road, I think they might be close as well. They're five point dogs at home. So Cincinnati, nine and a half point or nine point underdogs. That's about as big a spread as you'll see in the NFL, but Paul Danner points out that Seattle has won 10 consecutive home openers by a cumulative score of 238 to 74. Wow.
1: That's amazing. That's actually probably as dominant as any team in the league in a home opener. And we know that home field advantage for Seattle is very real. And then they add Jadeveon Clowney just a week before. It kind of reminds me of last year. You remember when the Bears added Khalil Mack and he had the game of his life in this first
0: with a week of practice, really, against the Green Bay Packers to open the season? I keep hoping that Jadavion Clowney isn't going to be ready to play the whole game, and that might be fool's hope. And we'll find out later this week as we talk to some Seahawks analysts, hosts of the
1: Lockdown Seahawks podcast, to find out how much he's going to play or how much they expect him to play But I think he's going to play the whole game. He's a pass rusher. I think that's pretty easy to
0: uh, translate from one team to the next. Hey, there's a quarterback. Go get him. So let's talk a little bit about why the line is as big as it is just for a second. And I think the biggest reason that contributes to this is that A.J. Green isn't going to play. That's their best player gone. There's this perception we've talked about around the league that we've got a bunch of inexperienced coaches on a team that has not gone to the playoffs for the last few years. There's no reason for the national media to really give the Bengals a bunch of credit. The offensive line still looks pretty bad on paper. We still don't know what the Lou Anarumo defense is going to look like. It's been vanilla in the preseason. We don't know what exactly the Zach Taylor offense is going to look like. That's been pretty vanilla in the preseason. There's a lot of question marks.
1: Yeah, and I think without your best player and without your first-round pick, from the outside perspective, it's going to look pretty bleak for the Bengals. But I do think we should see a different, or at least a tuned-up offense and maybe defense In week one and that's because Zach Taylor coming from the division that played the Seahawks twice a year should have a very good idea of who he's going against whereas the Seahawks may not have the best idea of what they're going to get from the Bengals with a whole new coach coaching staff
0: I think there might be some matchup issues that aren't necessarily terribly favorable for the Bengals in this game as well and that's with the Seahawks who are likely to come in with a heavy running game and we'll find out more about this again when we talk to the Locked On Seahawks podcast on Wednesday but with only Tyler Lockett really healthy for the Seahawks right now as a passing offense weapon with DK Metcalf even nursing an injury, they're going to lean heavy on Chris Carson, Russell Westbrook in that running game. And the Bengals are, I think, designed to take away the pass with their heavily developed and invested in group of pass rushers.
1: And you got to think past issues with the Bengals when you're playing against a team that's not going to allow you get, to get into your nickel defense. Will that keep Carl Lawson off the field? That'd be a big blow to the Bengals' defense. And you're putting a third linebacker on the field, which, again, is the worst position unit probably on the entire team.
0: On the defensive side of the ball for Seattle, they've added Jadavion Clowney to what should be a solid pass rushing group. The Bengals placed O'Shea Dugas on the injured reserve. He might come back later this season. I think that tells you something about how thin they are at tackle, that they're counting on an undrafted free agent to potentially come back later this year. To replace him, they re signed John Jerry. This has been your Cincinnati Bengals lead story from Jake Lisko and Joe Goodberry of Locked On Bengals. The Locked On Bengals podcast for the opening week of NFL action is sponsored by Mac Weldon. Head over to MacWeldon.com to check out their collection of premium men's essentials. And what I'm looking at is this Air X Boxer Brief. Soft, lightweight microfiber maximizes airflow. Moisture wicking, odor-fighting finish to keep you dry and fresh to the end of your workout. I don't know about you, Joe, but that sounds like heaven to me. Yeah, that's exactly what I need. Well, when you go to MacWeldon.com, make sure you use... The promo code LOCKED ON for 20% off your first order. And not only are you saving 20% on your first order, you can also enjoy their guarantee that if you don't like your first pair of Mac Weldon clothing, you can keep it and they'll still refund you, no questions asked. So you have really no reason not to go try this. Remember, that's MacWeldon.com and you can find them on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. Use promo code LOCKED ON for 20% off your first
2: order. If you want to know who your favorite NFL team should be adding to its roster, you need to check out Locked On NFL Scouting. Available on YouTube and wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day.
1: Welcome back to the Locked On Bengals Podcast segment two here, where we get to interview a Bengals player. So far, two weeks in a row, we hope this continues. The Bengals have been very gracious with their time and efforts in coordinating this. But this week, we get rookie undrafted free agent really the probably the most is it the most feel-good I almost said the most feel-good story of camp but then there's Damian Willis so I forgot two undrafted guys that we did not expect to make the roster make it but this week it is Jake the third quarterback
0: the rocket-armed quarterback that that's right many of you are very excited for we talked to him about his reaction to making the team and what they're going through as they prepare for Seattle let's take a listen Hello? hi Jake, this is Jake Lisco and Joe Goodberry from the Lockdown Bengals podcast. How are you?
3: Doing well. How about yourself?
0: We're doing really well. Congratulations on making the fifty three man roster. Thank you much. Appreciate that. Can you we read a little bit about that. We saw your interview with I think Paul Dana from the Athletic about your experience making the team. Can you give us a few words about what that experience was like?
3: Oh, I mean it was uh it was just pure excitement. Um and I was uh I don't want to say it was unexpected but you know it was just um it kind of i don't want to say it caught me off guard but you know i wasn't necessarily expecting it you know i trusted what i did out there on the field on thursday night but you know i just wasn't sure if it was going to be enough um to make the squad but you know i'm super super blessed that i you know that it was enough
1: yeah uh jake a fellow western new york guy here so coming from st francis to central Connecticut to. Getting an undrafted contract, making the team—I mean, that's got to be pretty exciting. That doesn't happen too often. We don't have too many quarterbacks from this area. Although you did go against Chad Kelly last week in the uh, final preseason game.
3: Yeah, you know, um, I guess Buffalo is a little bit underrated when it comes to you know producing you know NFL talent. But um, I'm just very, very lucky to you know I've been raised there, and um, you know I got a great family back home supporting me. So um, yeah, it's just great.
0: So you played the entire fourth game in the preseason, which is fairly uncommon, I would say. A lot of teams are splitting time between quarterbacks in that last game. Was that something that you were expecting going into the game? Was that the plan with some of the injuries, or was that a bit of a surprise?
3: Um, no, that was the plan going in. You know, um, with Jeff being out and them, you know, not trying to risk, you know, anything happening to Ryan. Um, you know, I, I kind of figured I was going to play. The,
1: the majority of the game, if not all of it. Jake, when does the team or when do you start preparing for the Seattle game? Is there some install stuff that happens in maybe like week one, week two of preseason? Do you start watching tape uh, it, during the preseason, or does it just start like pretty much day one is today and you're going forward? I mean, some of the vets, they have been, I mean, they've been
3: watching it for months now, but, mm-hmm. um, you know, I, I really wasn't focused on, on them until this past weekend, um, you know, me having to get prepared for, you know, what the Colts were doing. Um, I was more focused on that and, and what I was doing that week. Um, but now, now all my focus is towards the Seahawks.
0: Jake, what would you say is the biggest transition for you coming from college to the NFL, making that big leap? And what would you say are some of the things that you feel have translated the best in your game to the NFL field?
3: Well, some of the things that changed would be the talent level around me is uh, is nothing against my guys back there, but, um, you know, the talent around me here is just, is unbelievable. It's incredible what these guys can do. Um, and I think some of the stuff I translated well, um, would be my arm talent. Um, you know, that, that correlates here really well. And then, uh, you know, obviously it's going to take me a minute to, you know, understand these defenses, but, um, you know, being decisive with what I'm, with what I'm doing with the ball, I think, um, you know, he's helped me be successful these past couple of preseason games.
1: I like that you bring up the decisiveness because I also think you have the willingness to throw it maybe into some tight windows or some tight coverage because you have that arm strength. When you go to the sideline or in meetings or, or or when you talk to the quarterback coach, does he ever tell you to, to reel it in or do they want you to go out there and show out your show off your arm?
3: Um, you know, there's a couple times where um, on some of the underneath stuff that I could probably take some heat off of it. Um, I don't know if that's just. Uh, me being, you know, excited and a little bit of adrenaline going through me. But, um, yeah, there's there's certain throws that I could, you know, take some off and, um, you know, give those guys a chance.
0: So do the coaches like the, the risk-taking and the fact that you have the velocity to put the ball into some tight windows? For example, you got the ball past two defenders in the corner of the end zone when you're rolling left to Josh Malone against the Colts.
3: Yeah, I mean, I think they like that. Um, I really haven't, you know, gotten much feedback of, of from that game um other than you know they thought i did a good job so um you know i think everybody's um you know gearing towards you know what the seahawks are doing and um kind of forgetting about that game and just you know preparing for for what seattle
1: has for us yeah i think the only feedback you need is that you meet the roster right yes so, i mean you must have played pretty well but uh what do they work on mostly in the quarterback room i mean right now like uh, is there a drill that you guys are doing, or looking at coverages, or, or what's the main thing that you would say they're, they're working on? I would just say it's a lot
3: of film study. I mean, you know, the the Seahawks do some different stuff that we got to be prepared for, and it's going to be very very loud this week um, in that stadium for sure. So, you know, just certain things we got to prepare for this week um, going in, going up to Seattle and playing there.
0: This is going to be your first road trip to Seattle. Their first road trip in the NFL, I should say. Is there anything you're really looking forward to?
3: Um, well, it's going to be cool to, uh, you know, experience that, that stadium. Um, I'm looking forward to, you know, every stadium we go to. Um, but, you know, if, I'm going to do everything I can for this team, um, you know, whether that's getting in or not. On, on Sunday, I really don't expect to, but, you know, I just got to prepare myself well enough to, to be, you know, ready, you know, if, if my number is called, so.
1: How did the locker room react, or how would a locker room react, uh, when the opposing team that you're playing the next week makes a big trade for a Jadavion Clowney or a guy of that caliber? Um,
3: you know, we just take it in stride. You know, he's just like another piece of their puzzle that they're just plugging in. Um, he's obviously a good player, and we're going to have to game, game plan for him a little bit. But, um, you know, nothing, nothing the, the Vets haven't seen before.
0: Jake, thanks so much for your time and for your thoughtfulness. We really appreciate you joining us this morning.
3: Yeah, thanks, Jake. And Jeff.
0: Appreciate Good luck. It. It's time to celebrate football is finally back. And DraftKings, the leader in one day fantasy football, has huge week one contests. The first one starts this Thursday night when Chicago and Green Bay kick off the season in a single game showdown with $2.5 million in total prizes up for grabs. Draft your single game showdown lineup and feel the sweat like never before. It's simple. You draft just six players from the season opener. Stay under the salary cap and see how your team stacks up against the competition. Plus, new users who sign up today on DraftKings using code LOCKEDON will receive a free shot at the $1 million top prize. Nothing adds to the sweat of watching a game quite like having a shot at a million dollar payday. Get in on the season opener action. Download the DraftKings app now and use code LOCKEDON. For a limited time, both new and existing users can get a deposit bonus up to $500. And new users don't miss this extra special week one bonus. Enter my code LOCKED ON to get a free shot at $1 million with your first deposit. That's code LOCKED ON only at DraftKings. Make it rain. Minimum $5 deposit required. Deposit bonus requires a 25 times playthrough. Eligibility restrictions apply. See draftkings.com for details. Now we'll take a quick word from our sponsor, MyBookie. It's a new season. There are some players that have moved around. A lot of new faces in the AFC North. Odell Beckham Jr. is here. Antonio Brown and Le'Veon Bell are gone. One thing that hasn't changed is where I'm putting my money down on the games, and that's MyBookie, really the best place to bet on football every weekend.
1: MyBookie has
0: better bonuses and more prop
1: bets than any other sport book, period. This year, they're hosting the first online handicapping super contest. First place is guaranteed to win at least $100,000 and it only costs $100 to enter. All you got to do is pick five NFL games against the spread every week to climb the leaderboard and score your share of the
0: huge cash prize pool. So if you think you're good at picking against the spread, $100, bucks, do it all season, see if you can win hundred grand. I might give that a try myself. Sounds fun. Besides the super contest, my bookie also has live in-game betting on every NFL game. So if you get the inkling... You have the inclination that the second half of that Seattle Bengals game in week one is going to go a certain way. Go put your money down. You can get up to a $1,000 bonus on your first deposit. You have to make sure you use promo code LOCKED ON to activate the offer when you sign up. So go visit my bookie online today. That's M Y B O O K I E. And don't forget to use a promo code LOCKED ON when creating your account to claim your bonus. We'll be right back.
1: And we're back for segment three of the Lockdown Bengals podcast. Jake and Joe here. We're going to get into a little more analysis of what happened over the weekend with the roster construction with a couple moves the Bengals made today. And to start it off, it's O'Shea Dugas, the rookie tackle that was undrafted that originally made the roster to some surprise. But now we have an idea of what they were doing with that by placing him on injured reserve day one of the season. The only guy they're they're flexing that option with, and that's in an effort to bring him back at some point this year. That's the that's the rule that he has to be on this roster for day one. Now they can bring him back after eight weeks if they so choose. And the coinciding move with that to go to 53 again is bringing back veteran John Jerry. They were sure he wasn't going to get picked up. This was the plan all along. We just didn't know it. I speculated it was the plan on Twitter. But now John Jerry is back with the team as that flex guard tackle.
0: It's a little bit surprising to me that a team that needed a guard wouldn't be interested in Jerry as a backup, but I guess the need at tackle around the NFL is just much starker than the need for uh, either side offensive guard and Jerry is not going to go out there and play tackle.
1: And you got to think, the Browns just did this with Greg Robinson. You would think if a team was really desperate for a tackle, they would just go throw money at Robinson real fast. He's not good, but if you need a starter. So I think teams have this understanding that, hey, we'll talk to you. if if Jake, if you're the player, I'm going to say, hey, we're just going to release you for a day. We'll bring you right back. We'll kick a little bonus money in there. Don't sign with anyone. We're, we want you here. You're, you know, you've know you been here all offseason, all off season, off summer. We want you to be a part of it. We'll call you tomorrow.
0: Yeah. And it's surprising that they're – concerned about O'Shea Dugas returning later in the year because there are a limited amount of players who can return from the IR. I guess they they don't plan to put AJ Green on the IR. Jonah Williams is on the PUP instead of the IR. Darquez Bernard is on the PUP instead of the IR. So maybe there's not a whole lot of players they're worried about having to bring back. So they feel like okay if we can get a tackle back later in the year that'll be potentially something that we need. But then you're asking an undrafted free agent rookie who's missed a bunch of practice because he's been injured to come in and and provide you depth. And I'm not sure how that's going to work out.
1: Yeah, that's the downfall of that is that he can't practice. He can be with the team and go through meetings and, and watch film and do all of those things. I kind of look at it like when you have uh, 53 guys on a roster, the final three sometimes are the guys you want to protect from being claimed off your or signed. From your practice squad, young players that are never going to play or maybe not until an emergency situation, you know they're going to be inactive on game day. Renal Wren is a great example. I used that case when we were building the roster of our own Jake on the podcast where I said, you don't want to risk him, but you know he's not going to play. So he just fills one of those end of the roster spots. I thought O'Shea Dugas was definitely going to be that when he made the team originally. People were saying on Twitter, well, you sign any veteran, he's going to be better than Dugas. And I'm like, yes, you're right. But I don't think the Bengals ever plan on playing Dugas. So he's not really taking a roster spot. He's just used as one of those final few spots. And if you were to speculate on other guys, it might be Auden Tate uh, as another one. It may have been Rodney Anderson before he was injured. And the other one right
0: now, I think, is Jake the third quarterback. Speaking of guys that are still out there in the wind, Josh Malone hasn't landed anywhere yet. Ventel Bryant did land on the Dallas practice squad. We mentioned yesterday Malik Jefferson went to Cleveland. Cody Core ends up in New York and Quinton Flowers to the Indianapolis practice squad. The Bengals still have one practice squad spot open after signing Wyatt Miller, the offensive tackle who was playing for New York, comes from UCF, was not very good in the preseason. I think he gave up eight pressures on like 60 pass protected snaps. But he must be someone the Bengals liked in the pre-draft process and see as a developmental prospect.
1: Yeah, that gives them three practice squad offensive linemen, right? Jake, Brad, Lundblade, Keaton Sutherland, and then now Wyatt Miller. So you've got a
0: tackle, guard, and center. And they might very well call on that depth, given the state of the offensive line. But there's one practice squad position left, and that could go to Josh Malone if he ends up clearing through his whole process and not signing somewhere else. He might also be looking for a fresh start at this point after making the team and then not making the team. But also, maybe they had an understanding with him when they yeah. went through that process. Yeah, that's true. I think it could either come down to Hardy
1: Nickerson or Malone, depending on uh, who doesn't get picked up. If neither of them do, and you ha- you may have to make a decision. Noah Dawkins is the other linebacker on the practice squad right now Stanley Morgan is the other wide receiver but I think they originally intended for Ventel Bryant to get one of those positions until they were able to cut Malone and potentially put him on that practice squad spot I think this clearly defines uh, what they thought and or at least the pecking order of those final guys Ventel Bryant not on the practice squad so that must mean Stanley Morgan is ahead of him right and then you got to say Josh Malone was next because uh, or Cody Core was next because he was outright cut And then Josh Malone being ahead of him, even though he was eventually cup. So I think they'd like to keep Malone if possible.
0: I think they would have liked to have kept one of Malone or CORE somehow. But with CORE not having practice squad eligibility, I think the writing was on the wall there. Yeah. So we're talking about a lot of roster moves that had to do with players that the Bengals acquired first, either through the draft or as undrafted free agents. And we saw a list of most homegrown players. Joe, why don't you give them the details? Yeah, this is from Jason underscore
1: OTC on Twitter. This is Jason from OverTheCap.com. They crunch a lot of numbers. They look at the cap. They look at money. You know, a lot of the stuff that people like to look at. Anyways, first tweet here is that the Bengals have – there's a few that I like from Jason. So some good facts here. I'm going to roll off the first one that comes to me is that the Bengals – are less than $1 million owed to players that are not on the roster right now. It's amongst the lowest in the league, so they don't have a lot of dead money, whereas the Dolphins are the highest at $15 million, nearly. Other good tweets here that he had. Jason compiled a list of the teams with the most homegrown talent on the roster. I assume this means they signed their original contract with the Bengals or their respective teams, and number one on the list with 48 of the 53 players are the Cincinnati Bengals. Next are the Ravens with 47, Vikings with 46. Then you got the Patriots, Seahawks, Cowboys 44, Packers 43. You know what I think this means? These are the teams with like the longest-running personnel structures, GMs, decision-makers in the league. You know what you want. You're not having that roster turnover. You're not having the purge that maybe we're kind of seeing a little bit of, but not fully because Duke Tobin is still ahead of personnel. So this is good for the Bengals. I think this is a, a good badge to, or a notch to put on their belt.
0: I definitely thought the Bengals would have more roster churn than they've had, and this number has actually changed a little bit for the Bengals since the publication of the tweet with the IR of O'Shea Dugas and bringing back John Jerry. That's going to be one less player for the Bengals. It's homegrown with newly acquired Pharaoh Cooper and Samaji Pirine, offensive lineman Bobby Hart, John Jerry. John Miller and Bobby Hart. So quite a bit of free agent money going to the offensive line. And then on defense, notably Preston Brown. Kerry Wynn, B.W. Webb. And don't forget
1: Randy Bullock. That's right. So Jason must be counting the practice squad players as the full team roster, which would uh, get them to 48. It must be. Anyways, he's got a couple other interesting points. He says the Ravens currently lead the NFL with 87 players in the league that are on uh, on another roster but originally signed their first contract with the Ravens. And the Bengals are up near the, the top also. They have 70 players. So 48 are on their roster based on his count. That must mean 22 are elsewhere on other teams that originally signed with the Bengals. One other thing that I think is interesting, Jake, I don't know we didn't plan this one, but he also has the draft picks that were released. Based on their round, there was no first or second rounders that were released. No surprise there. One third rounder, Ja'Kai Polite, was was released. Signed with the Seattle Seahawks practice squad, not the New York Giants. So rele- relevant since Bengals play them this week. Round four, we talked about maybe uh, Renal Wren not making the roster. Zero fourth round picks were released. So the Bengals would have been the only one had that have gone through. Three fifth rounders four six-rounders, which one was a Bengal that was Deshaun Davis there, and then 16 seventh-rounders, which, again, Jordan Brown counts as one of those.
0: It's funny because teams always say that the guys they draft later are, you know, we had a fifth-round grade on him. We don't have seventh-round grades, for example, but you see seventh-rounders always getting cut more because those are the guys that the NFL's consensus has maybe undrafted grade, but then there are a couple teams that have draftable grades on them and they find out they're wrong. Yeah, and I think
1: because you have comparable grades, once you draft a guy in the sixth, even obviously seventh round, you have comparable grades to the guys you prioritize in free agency right after the draft. So that's where Jake Dolagala or maybe uh, Damian Willis may have had, or Stanley Morgan may have had similar grades to some of the guys they drafted in Deshaun Davis and Jordan Brown. So you get to that point of they're not guaranteed a roster spot because you signed 10 to 15 on drafted guys that you probably feel are pretty close in similar grades.
0: That is going to do it for this episode of the Locked On Bengals podcast. We'll have plenty of news, analysis, and prep for the Seattle Seahawks season opener coming on Sunday, including tomorrow, a crossover episode with the Locked On Seahawks podcast. Until then, Bengals fans, have a good one. Hey,
2: Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music.